This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. This is without question the most comfortable red sweater I've had on in six years. Uh, playoffs? What are you doing with a school bag on stage? You can't even read. If I don't eat breakfast, I'm f***ing pissed off. And it's a deep to left center. Andrew Jones on the run. This one has a chance. Come around. Reverses it. And the pass goes into the end zone. The Nick Foles. it's a touchdown by Nick Foles. Alba inside. It's Messi. Ready for this? Gentlemen, welcome to the famous wide open sports cast. I am Rick. I am Feds. And this week, we are starting some brand new. We are bringing in one of our good friends. We call him the glute, the goose, Mr. Joe Gleason. Joe, call him the glute. The glute. <laughs> the goose. How you doing, man? Gentlemen, everyone, how's it going? Glad to be a part of it. Hey, how are we? Yes. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, so Gleason's going to be doing uh, – we've been talking a little bit about gambling. I've uh, been doing a little gambling segment. And I actually, I actually talked to uh, Gleason, uh, among with a bunch of other friends, uh, about certain bets that we do during the week because we all live in New Jersey, and sports gambling is now legal in New Jersey. So we, uh, we have a little group chat, share a little bets, see how we do. And Glee, he's pretty spot on most of the time, I think, so – Bringing him on, having to give him his uh, own little segment, calling it Gambling with the Goose. Uh, but this week, he's actually joining us for the the whole episode. Uh, there will be weeks where he'll be here for the whole week. It's where he won't be here for the whole week, or for the whole whole session, whole week. You're stuck here the whole week, Lee. Fuck for you. Do I get a cot? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you get a cot. Uh, so, fun but- fact, actually. Um... Joe and I used to have a radio show um, freshman year in college together. So this is actually not Joe's and mine's first time together behind the mic. Uh, good times at 107.7 The Bronx, right, Glee? That's right. The old DJ Feds days. with the. Uh, well, we did that freshman and sophomore year, I believe, and we had the uh, different t- styles of music, I guess you could say. I would like we, to play we, some, we like... sprinkled in some sports talk, that's for sure. Sprinkled in some sports talk. I mean, so. I, like, every time I feel like I would play, like, some, like, EDM, like, rave banger, and you'd be like, all right, that's cool. All right, so I'm going to play some Beatles now. <laughs> maybe some Led Zeppelin here and there. I would mix it up, maybe some Drake and Eminem, I guess, back in the day. Some Gucci, Scoochie, 
<laughs> Dude, those were the days. That was fucking great. Uh, yeah, so Glee, welcome aboard. And again, this is the Wide Open Sportscast. You are listening to us. We are recording on Friday, February 1st. Happy February, everybody. And again, you can find us on Twitter at Wide Open underscore sports. And don't forget to find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and tune in at the Wide Open Sportscast. So, gentlemen, let's get into it. Um, so obviously the big week coming up for the Super Bowl, but I feel like, uh, fellas, we'd, we'd really, really be doing an injustice to the world of sports if we did not talk about this week in the NBA. And for me right now, especially with us broadcasting from New Jersey, the, um, local tri-state area, we'd be doing a disservice if we don't talk about the dumpster fire that is the New York Knicks and, the new um, European duo that is the Dallas Unicorns. Yeah, man, this is huge. Uh, Dallas has a future, has a big future now. Uh, are they going to be a contender this year? I'm going to say no, but they're going to be a contender in three years, 100%. Now that they have Porzingis there. And then Knicks, they're a dumpster fire, and there's no, no avoiding how bad they're going to be for years. It they could tank. It seems like they're tanking to get that number one pick, and we all know who that number one pick is going to be. But who knows how long that's going to last? Because Christoph Porzingis did not last too long with the Knicks. Yeah, I think the uh, the funny thing about Dallas is Mark Cuban loves his commodity trading for sure, and uh, white European players loves to collect them. So he's got, you know he's got Dirk. Luca, now uh, Kristaps, who I think is the softest. Cent- I mean, you can't really call him a center, but the softest seven seven plus footer in the league, in my opinion. I mean, uh, I, I yeah. think it's just really funny about how this whole thing went down. It seemed like on Twitter a few seconds ago, um, they were like, "Oh yeah, guys, um, there was the Kristaps is reported a trade." Uh, the Brooklyn Nets are involved in it and a couple other teams as well. But then out of nowhere, it's like, oh, all right, he's going to Dallas, guys. So I felt like that was crazy to see how quickly that trade happened, which has to have Anthony Davis being like, yo, what the hell, man? I don't think he was really ever an option to go there, especially considering once AD came out and said, I, regardless of where you trade me or where I go this year or next year, I'm signing with the Lakers in 2020. Why would anyone want to trade for him? Yeah, that's true. I mean, AD and LeBron in LA, that's going to be a force to reckon with. And possibly, possibly Kyrie going there. And also, Clay Thompson was like, hey, uh, Warriors, if you don't give me that max contract that I want, I could go to LA too. And so, Lakers are looking mighty scary, potentially. Wait, 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 wait. LeBron recruits? Yeah, man. He gets away with it every single year. And apparently the Pelicans, like, want that. The Pelicans are like, yo, why are we allowing all this tampering to happen? Well, it's it's almost impossible to avoid now. It, it, it seems like every player has his own agenda, which they should, but more so in the NBA than I find in any other league. Maybe NFL is starting to turn out like that, like with Le'Veon. A few other players, OBJ, a few other players, but I just feel like the NBA is such a a arms race 
that these players have such a leverage on where they go and where they don't want to go. And it's kind of scary. I mean, I get why these players want this leverage, but it's going to be impossible for these small small market teams like the New Orleans. Big city, but it's a small market for NBA. And they're not going to be able to keep a player like Anthony Davis at all. Hmm, Seattle Supersonics? Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, if that comes back. <laughs> but we'll have to see. But what do you think about the AD demanding a trade? Like, do you think he should have been fined because he did it publicly? No, no, Clee, what do you think about that? Um, I, I mean, my opinion, like the whole making it public, I just never like when either party makes it public because I feel like it doesn't it does you a disservice in multiple ways, regardless of what side you're on. Um, you know, the organization making it public, you lose leverage for sure, and if the player does it. I mean, not necessarily that today's fan really cares, but it, it used to be a negative thing if you did that sort of thing. So, I don't know. It, um, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan. Of, I, I don't know. I'm not too. I'm not too worried about it with the Sixers. It's kind of like uh, I'm not too worried about the rest of the NBA. We're on the path to the championship as it is. Yeah, so, Joe, before you continue, I think it's only fair because I mean, everyone pretty much is aware of my. <laughs> Devils, Eagles, Red Sox, and uh, Brooklyn Nets bias, and Rick with the Sacramento Kings, the Steelers, the Mets, and also on the Devils. Joe, just get your bias out of the way now. Uh, who are your teams? So, well, I don't like any teams that do anything. Um, it's certainly, what is it? It's the Jets, the Flyers, the, uh, the 76ers, and the Atlanta Braves. As well as, um, well, I won't really say Liverpool. I mean, I, I, I would call myself a Liverpool fan, but I haven't really been following, not as much as you guys. I'm trying to, I'm actually looking at some bets for Saturday morning as we speak. Um, but we'll get into that later. But um, yeah, no, and then I guess, what's the one I'm missing out on? Um, there's one other sport. Jeez, I can't think of it right now. Is it the Philly Wings, baby? Well, that's a given. No, I can't think of it. Oh, uh, I actually brain, went. Brain to my, uh, I went to the Philly Wings last week. Um, oh yeah, dude! I thought I was gonna see their first win. They were up um, ten six, entering the fourth. But as Gleason and I will know, we played lacrosse together at Ryder, and Rick, obviously, as a sports watcher, will know. And lacrosse, there is no safe lead, and their ten six lead entering the fourth turned into a thirteen twelve defeat. Oh, e easily, yep. And as a goaltender, I've seen it happen to as you, as you being our goaltender, I've seen it happen multiple times to us. What? <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> really needling right there. Really needling right there. Welcome to the show, Gleason. Um, just trying to find my spot. <laughs> but I mean, I would I would really really say that. I, I do think the AD should be fine if that was the rules, if that was the part of the new bargaining agreement, the whole idea that you really shouldn't be making your trade demands public. I do think he should be fine for it, which he was. Um, but, yeah, I don't see any team really, really wanting him. And kind of going back to what we saw with the unicorn here, I mean, it was definitely a clean-out move by the Knicks being like, hey, let's try and – 
make some moves here and let's open up some money. But my thing is, what max contract free agents are really going to want to go to New York now? Um, I have, I have no idea. I feel like it's impossible. Maybe, maybe if they get that first round, that first overall pick, that may be some interest right there. But without that, they have nothing. I uh, think. So well, returns Fed's conspiracy theory about the NBA rigging the lotto for the Knicks to get Zion. Well, it's a guarantee that the the NBA rigs the lottery every year. They wanted the process to end, and they made sure the Sixers got multiple first first overall picks. And I'm and fully okay Joe with that. Coming flying with some hot takes right from so, the start. <laughs> But I will say with the Knicks, the thing with the Knicks is the Knicks will attract a player who doesn't necessarily need to win. So if, if KD wins this year and it's his third straight year, he has a good relationship with Scott Perry who runs the Knicks. So I could see him easily going to New York. Uh, Kyrie, the only I, – I was convinced he was going to the Knicks, but the way his relationship with LeBron has been growing over the past year – it's interesting. Well, I, it's not even the past year, but only the past few months. I could see him going to L.A. So I think I think it's just either Clay or Durant that ends up with the Knicks. Because you did see that today Kyrie did say, I don't know anyone's shit. Where um, at the start of the season in Boston, he was like, yeah, I would love if they would re-sign me. He had the whole commercial about he wants to put his dad's number in the rafters in Boston. But now he's like, yo, I don't know anyone anything now. So, and with Kate, uh, um, KD and Clay, not so much KD, but Clay also said, hey, Warriors, you don't give me a max contract. Lakers are looking pretty good right now. Or they could surprise everyone and just go to Dallas. Yeah, join the uh, add to the list of, um, well, no, 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 it's not a, he's not European, though. He's American. He's New Jerseyan. He is New Jerseyan. But both him and Clay going to Dallas now that they're starting to get some solid pieces there. Huh? Maybe. Huh? Thoughts? <laughs> eh, probably not. But dude, the NBA again. It's just been so I know like a few years ago we easily could have said like, oh, the NBA, it's no fun. It's Warriors Cavs, Warriors Cavs, but Every year, it seems like now the NBA is becoming more fun and more fun. And, I mean, obviously, with Brooklyn being good again, it's kind of fun. Um, but I just – the drama and everything that's been going on has been great. I'm, like, on a week-to-week basis to if I love the NBA or if I hate the NBA. This this week is definitely a love NBA because I love the stories that have been going on just because it's so compelling. But, I mean, there's also been weeks this year where i just like, come on. Especially when uh, when Boogie got healthy and he got on, got back on the Warriors. I mean, yeah, they lost to the Sixers the other day. There you go, Glee. They lost to the Sixers the other day. But, I mean, they still look very, very dominant. Dude, they just lit stuff up against the uh, Warriors the other night. Oh, yeah. it was not, Well, what I was going to say was, you know who isn't liking the NBA this week is Roger Goodell because this is supposed to be Radio Row prime hype nonsensical hype about the Super Bowl and all I mean all that's trending on Twitter all that people are talking about is all the different and it's not even just one NBA it's different NBA topics that are dominating the discussion and we let our show with it I, I was just about to say that 
last year we just did a all exclusive Super Bowl coverage on yeah. the show. This year we're 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 doing a little sprinkle on top of the cupcake with <laughs> NBA. We'll that's a perfect analogy, Rick. I mean, do you think how much of that do you think has to do though with, with the fact that the Bird Gang was in the Super Bowl? Because I was probably like, "Oh my God, Bird Gang in the Super Bowl! It's actually happening!" Even though I did not think it was going to happen. Um, but yeah, no, you're you're a hundred percent right. Because what's the even this week? What's been the name main narrative over the NFL this week? Roger Goodell. Still not making any real big comments about the missed call. The missed call heard around the world. That's still the main narrative over the NFL right now. Yeah, and it's it's getting a little overdone. Especially because I'm definitely I mean, I'm definitely cheering for the Rams for the Super Bowl. Hundred percent just because my dad's a big Rams fan. I'm cheering for the Rams just for him. I mean but no one no one is talking about that. That face mask that would have been a first and goal at the one or two yard line. We would have gotten him a touchdown and would have definitely changed the pace of the game. Because if if that was called and then that pass interference was called, then the Saints would get the skates and score. And the Rams, they proved they were able to go 45 yards down the field to get a field goal. And they would have won it. I mean, Glee, do we really have to mention who you're rooting for in the Super Bowl? Well, it's funny you say that, and we'll get to the betting aspect later, but no. <laughs> no. I'm a, the biggest Jets fan in southern New Jersey, in Eagles country, is definitely rooting for the Rams. Um, I think it's one of those things, again, dude, everyone wants the Rams. Um, I kind of said it the other week. F you, Tom Brady. You're not an underdog. Everyone just fucking hates you. That's what it is. Just live with it, you cocky motherfucker. That's all I got to say on that. Well, I, in defense of Tom Brady, he has he has shown up and won five Super Bowls. So can he be cocky? Hell yes, he can be cocky. He could, he could be the cockiest person in sports. Is he always? No. But damn, he, he sure as hell deserves to be cocky and again i'm not going to deny the fact like he's he is the greatest of all time but i again this is just going to be my bias showing here it is funny to look at my tv at this very moment and see on sports center all five of tom brady super bowl wins have included a game-winning drive except last year because i don't know a little guy named brandon graham came around the corner and, you know, it kind of fumbled, fumbled the ball, and Derek Barnett picked it up. I don't think I'm ever going to live that down. Um, but, guys, before we jump into the Super Bowl, um, big story, the NBA All-Star Reserves came out. Um, Glee, obviously, Ben Simmons made the list, so I'm sure that's big for you as a Sixers guy. You were happy to see that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was nice to see him to get the All-Star. I mean, he is just absolutely dominant. Um I think, I mean, Embiid is, in my opinion, the good, the best player in the league. But Simmons has a dynamic, like a dynamic, uh, I don't know, like dimension to him where he can just change a game. And the shots coming around, I don't care what anyone says. I watch it on a daily basis, and 
Um, it's good to see him finally get. I can we I can rip off Simmons stats for days of how he had more in his first hundred games more points than Kobe, more assists and steals than Stockton, more blocks than Ben Wallace, and more rebounds than Dennis Rodman. First hundred games. But now, Glee, you could probably confirm this for me. Um, Ben Simmons has never hit a three. Is that correct? No, that's incorrect. I've witnessed him hit back-to-back threes and practice warm-ups all the time. All right, good, good. Because I was going to say I saw a a betting line that said Ben Simmons has never attempted a three, and there was big betting odds in Vegas about whether or not he was going to hit a three. I I don't think – did you hear exactly what he just said right there? (laughs) Nope. Slipped it right past him. Yeah, you slipped – that just got went right past you. He was like (laughs) – in he said it in practice. He's witnessed it. That's the key, Paul. That's the key. I wasn't wrong, and he just took the bait. Yeah, Yeah, he's – Gleason, welcome to the show, my friend. So, no, to answer answer the question on a serious – he – and it's actually a funny stat. It's funny to see guys will not – it used to be the thing. You heave up the three at the end of the uh, quarter or whatever it was. You just heave it up to try to make it. The thing nowadays is that people don't do that because they don't want to lower their stats because uh, shooting percentage means so much now. It's like when Tom so, Brady took the knee but tried to take it and make sure, like, yo, that was my thousandth rushing yard. Correct. Don't, don't put me back. It, yeah. Exact same thing. But the difference is, like, in the NBA, that's like an – whereas in the NFL, that's just petty bullshit. But anyway, so – um Simmons the other night actually tried to chuck up three and almost missed it. So that was his first attempted three. Yeah, so there was a Vegas betting odd about what that are the I odds. Know. Last, that, season, uh... last season, last last season he went 0 for 6, and they were all chuck-ups at the end of the game. Yeah, there was a big betting odd in Vegas about um, whether or not Ben Simmons is going to hit his first three of his career. Um, when? Wait, what do you mean? Like the first time he hits it or? yeah. So you're saying like his first a- attempt will be a three? Will he hit it or he'll hit one eventually? He will hit the the game against the Warriors last night. It was like oh, ben, I see what you're saying. Like one out of a hundred. Oh, okay, I got first three tonight. Gotcha. So one, okay. Really? Yeah, I would take that bet. That's a degenerate of me. <laughs> um, I'm obviously very excited to see um D'Angelo Russell made it. That was awesome. Um, I think he really, really deserved it. I know, obviously, you're going to give that to Oladipo, um, and I thought that D'Lo was a huge snub because, I mean, dude, the Nets are on fire right now, and it's unbelievable, um, even though they lost last night to San Antonio. But, obviously, you got LeBron and Giannis are going to be in there. How about Rudy Gobert? A lot of people are saying the biggest snub was crying during his interview when he was snubbed. Uh... I mean, he'll get there eventually. He will get there eventually. So I don't think he should be crying, in my opinion. Don't do you, care. Do you see the thing that um I forget who on the Patriots was crying because they make the Pro Bowl and Tom Brady was like, yo, do you think I'm here for Pro Bowls? Like, do you think I really care about whether or not I make the Pro Bowl or not? No one should care if they make the Pro Bowl, especially nowadays. Oh, dude. Oh, my God. Watching the Pro Bowl, I thought I was watching two-hand touch. Oh, it was awful. Especially, like, I, I turn I turned the TV on right as fucking Adam Thielen just chucks one up there because they tried to do a trick play, and it was the worst thrown ball I've ever seen. 
Dude, Info. that was a duck. That was a duck. But speaking of ducks, why don't we introduce our brand new segment? You can spot this one. now introducing gambling with the goose Please, why don't you so um well friday nights are a little tough just because um for college basketball purposes which is one of my favorites to uh games to play they don't release the lines until the next day and so i guess we can um we can flip through some things now how do you guys want to do I'm looking at, do you guys want to do uh, Super Bowl stuff a little later on? Yeah, why don't we do Super Bowl stuff? I'll, I'll, I'll uh, do some prop bets with you, see if you'll take them or not. And then uh, why don't you touch on some of the things you want to do during the week? Okay, sounds good. Um, well, so the my best sport to do is golf. Okay, and it's the best odds that you could play multiple golfers at the same time. And if you're betting at the beginning of the tournament, you can play top 20s, top 10s, top 5s. And the payouts are usually... Now, again, the Gambling with Goose segment is specifically for... Now, novices can, I'm sure, pick up some things, but I might throw out some terms. So the two of you, I guess you could slow me down if you need to. Um, But like I was saying, with golfers, am I going too fast? No, you're good, man. Uh, Okay. Go for it. You're perfect. Just trying to feel out the flow of the uh, the gambling with goose segment. But anyway, so golf is very nice because the odds are very positive. It's um, a lot like instead of like when you bet spreads in most games, you get minus one ten odds where you have to put up one hundred and ten just to win a hundred back. So with golf, for instance. Justin Thomas is winning right now, minus 12, and he has a two-stroke lead over uh, a few golfers. He's at plus 170 currently to win. So you can get the guy who's already went two days winning the to- ahead of the tournament, and you can get him at plus 170. So that almost doubles your money. So that's a good bet. Uh, two other ones I like. I guess I'll just run through the leaderboard real quick so you guys can hear. So Justin Thomas is at minus 12. Ricky Fowler is at minus 11, actually, at with Brandon Grace from South Africa. And then there's a few guys at nine. Bubba Watson's the, fav- the, the one that I like there. He's tied for fourth, and he's at plus 1,700 to win it. Now, again, you want to make sure you make your golf bets in the uh, Wednesday night range, Wednesday night, Thursday morning range, you, so you can play the entire field. However, now it's only to win. So you want to get some good value. So again, I would play Thomas almost a double your money. That's like a big, a big anchor. Play a few units there. Then you get Watson at seventeen hundred. So you just sprinkle, sprinkle a little bit on Watson because Bubba, Bubba. I was watching him. He was playing well. He was good off the tee. Um, I've watched him the past few days at work. <laughs> so uh, struggling a little around the green, but he'll make it. And then um, 
Uh, Kutcher, he's around there, but those are the two I'd play. Ricky, he was at plus 300, so three to one odds to win, and he's only a stroke behind. I'm not going to personally touch it because I've touched Ricky too many times down there, and it just hasn't paid off in multiple ways. Um, So do you guys have any comments or questions on golf before I move on? Well, why, why don't you review a little bit what the, what it means for the plus and minus? Just give them an example. Sure. No, got, yeah, good point. So um, so the, the best way to look at it is everyone kind of understands the 3 to 1, 5 to 1, 10 to 1. Yeah, uh, correct. It's, it's easy multiples to do. Um, with legit gambling, there's a thing where they make them into essentially percentages. So it's in hundreds. So it'll be 100, 200, 300 is the same as one to one, two to one, three to one. The plus minus is because you can play both sides of things, just like in the stock market, you can buy and you can uh, go long or short on a stock with a with a game. You if you want to bet on a favorite without, you know, giving points per se, because everyone knows points in like football. So if you want to do that, a, a bookie or a establishment like a casino isn't going to give you even odds so it's minus so just like five to one you put up one dollar to win five if it's minus 500 you have to put up five dollars to win one so you give your you give your bookie five he gives you back six all right good now now the bigger thing and that's why i opened up with golf just so maybe we can get a good feel on why those odds work i'm going to move into soccer which is kind of um it's kind of the same feel um so i got some epl games for tomorrow i guess with that noise i'll start off with uh the spurs or minus two greatest team the world has ever seen my friend i like them i like them at minus 250 um i'm personally not going to touch that one but that that's not a bad bet so Um, yeah i Joe, I totally agree with you. I wouldn't touch that. Obviously, my other bias being a big uh, Tottenham Hotspur fan. Again, greatest team the world has ever seen. Um, they are injury-ridden right now. I would take them at the money line. I mean, I wouldn't take them at the money line right now, though, because of their injury crisis. Again, Harry Kane is out. Deli Alley's out, even though uh, Sonny just got back. And they obviously have Erickson. But you got Kane and Deli, who are the head of Tottenham's Fab Four, are out. Um, and Newcastle always seems to find a way to make it interesting. Um, but yeah, definitely. I would agree with you. I would take Tottenham at the over under, but Spurs at the money line. It's, it's Tottenham. You never know. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I do agree with that. I do like that bet, but you never know. Yeah. I mean, and with soccer again, that's what I was going to point out with my next three. Um, I, I saw three. Uh, home teams that are high in the uh, in, in the standings, or what is it called, the table? Um, so they're high in the table. Uh, Crystal Palace, uh, Boardman, Boardmouth, and uh, Liverpool, and they're all plus plus odds. So you got Crystal Palace at 105, which is pretty much even, but they're playing very low. Um, Boardmouth at plus 230, and Liverpool's at plus 400. Um, so I like all of them. And again, if you, you can hit on one of them and still make money if you miss on the other two. So those, those are the three I would look at or mouth, especially, um, I really like that at plus two thirty. They, they, uh, they scared Liverpool over the weekend at two, four to three, and then they beat Chelsea yeah. they, and they beat, they, but they beat them bad. It was like, they were up three, nothing. 
Yeah, and, ended and Chelsea. Up four. I was gonna say I would really take Bournemouth after beating the piss out of Chelsea. Yeah, and and again, all three of those teams are home. I, I feel like that's a big. In some sports, um, home court matters a lot, and some in some others it doesn't. So, I, I would say um, the pitch. The, I would go with the home pitch there. Lay some units. Any thoughts, Paul? I've, I don't know if you've seen any Liverpool games recently. No, I I actually completely agree exactly what you just said there. So I actually really have anything to add. So go on, man. Cool. All right. So um, I guess we'll skip the um, yeah we'll skip the Super Bowl stuff. Sorry, I'm just flipping. All right. So again, the one thing I've really been doing, I've really liked this past week. Um, I'll just touch on it real quick because uh, the college basketball spreads aren't out. But the one thing you can do is, you know, lay a few units and parlay a few of the uh, favorites, especially the home favorites, um, uh, together. Cool. And so I, I've, I've had some success with that recently, and it's paid off big time. Um, but I'm trying to think. I guess I'll explain what a parlay is. So, again, if you have, like, a few units where they're, like, all minus 300, if – you put all the 300s if you put 3 minus 300 bets together it'll add up to over 100 now again i'm not I'm not going to get into exactly how the math works but essentially you need to hit when you lump all of them together if one misses you lose the whole bet but it it it, it significantly increases so instead of having you know $3 separately on three different bets which is a total of 9 and i know math is probably not good for podcast radio but <laughs> so if you have $9 only to win 3 that's not as good as if you could only put up $3 and you would more than double your money but again that's you don't want to do that with long shots because granted the odds could be better but if you miss one you lose it all so that's kind of the thing i would say with basketball um but I guess I'll just stay away from that. So for tomorrow with the NBA, I was pissed early in the season. I was riding heavy. Um, Blake Griffin looked big, but I've been staying away recently. And last night I actually covered um, just because the Pistons were just god awful last night, and they played the Mavs, um, who the NBA, <coughs> who Vegas, excuse me, who Vegas uh, significantly lowered the odds on the Mavs, the Mavs due to the trade noise. So. That game's even money. I want to say Pistons, even though they're at, because they're the home team, but I would stay away. There's really not much action. The one the one game that does intrigue me is the Bucks and the Wizards. I would say it's six and a half. Bucks are favored. That that seems like a, a reasonable line. I would probably take that. And I guess we'll get into this a little next time. I don't know how much time we have for this segment, but. There's something called teasing where you can increase the odds and lump them all together um, to make it a little tastier. But maybe we'll have a uh, I'll lay it out so we can discuss it a little easier next time. Yeah, yeah, Any we'll questions that. on the end? I think one one last thing maybe to close the uh, the droning on. We'll close it on a fun segment. I have some Oscar odds. I don't know if you guys want to talk about those. <laughs> sure, did Do it. So um, what best are the picture? odds of Black Panther? Good question. To win Best Picture, they, it's plus sixteen hundred. So if you put down one dollar, you would for every dollar you put down, you would win sixteen dollars. Damn. Who's the favorite in uh, Best Picture? Um, Star is Born. Uh, no, it's incorrect. Roma. 
is at minus 130. So for every 130 you put up, you would only win 100. Okay. So second is Green Book at plus 350, and the favorite is at plus 700. The Star is Born is at plus 1,100, so 11 to 1 odds. So Bohemian Rhapsody is all the way down at 18 to 1, and Black Landsman sneaks in there at 14 to 1. See, because so, I was surprised because of, like, I, I Bohemian Rhapsody didn't get the best reviews, but, like, it's won so many awards. Well, there's differences, but, I mean, I'm not exactly sure. I'm not hip into the Hollywood stuff, but I think that there's a difference between the different uh, organizations that pick between the Screen Actors Guild versus the Oscars versus, you know, the Baldwin family. Uh, I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, I I actually watched a video on how, like, the Oscar picks the best picture. It's this ridiculous elimination process where even if the one, one uh, movie gets the most votes, it may not actually be best picture. So it's it's really complicated and honestly kind of stupid. It also seems like uh, there's big trends with best. Like in the past ten years, it was like uh, very um, low key, like very small budget movies were winning best picture. Now they're thinking like bigger, bigger, uh, bigger production is going to be winning more best pictures for the next couple of years. The power that's, of the that's, Oscars. Will strip it the power of the Black Panther away. Yeah, they're not the so the highest the the craziest odds. Um, Alfonso Curran, he's at minus a thousand, so it's one to ten odds um, for best director. So doesn't seem like it's worth touching that one. Now the leading actress, Glenn Close, minus five hundred, so half that one to five odds. But the interesting one, just I guess to close it off, would be the leading actor. So Rami Malek, I believe I'm saying that right, he's at 1 to 2, so minus 200 for leading actor. Whereas, and I heard he did a great job, uh, but Christian Bale is at plus 170. So, That's not bad. And, and then Bradley Cooper at 900. So I, I would say, I mean, the plus 170, unfortunately, and again, Vegas is smart, you can't, you can't play the two without losing. Um, whereas you could play... Roma and Greenbrook, and that's what I was going to point out. If you play Roma and Greenbrook for Best Picture, you can work the units so that if one of them wins, you you win regardless. Um, so I would look into that, ladies and gentlemen. Um, if there's any other questions, you can find me at GoosePools32 on Twitter, and I'll be happy to share any uh, additional picks. Yeah, you're going to have to show some of these picks on your Twitter when this goes live. But, uh, yeah, that was Gambling with the Goose, first segment. Definitely going to do this a little bit more. But, yeah, I, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, and, and I think the key to this segment will be once the track record's proven. So once we get a few in and you guys are seeing them picking winners, um, you know, the, the, the reviews will start rolling in. And the sponsorships, you know, we're, we're going to get to that point soon. All right, man, let's do it. But now – Jump into and we talked about before. It's been the hype of the Super Bowl. What has been the biggest story? And it keeps going back to the Saints game. What, Gleason? You were not here. Do you think 
people should be still dragging on about that, that mispass or whatever you want to call it. What, the Saints play? Yeah. Correcto. I mean, I'm over it, and it's only because I'm not a fan. Like, if I was a Jets fan, I would literally – I don't know how I would feel. It would almost be to the point where I, I couldn't watch them anymore. But it's it's such an addicting thing, the NFL, that if I don't hook up to that IV every Sunday, I don't know what I would do. And someone was saying today they had Drew Brees on ESPN talking about a Super Bowl pick, and he looked like he was still dead inside. And apparently Sean Payton sat inside for three days and just watched Netflix and ate ice cream. He's like, yeah, I'm a normal human being. I would do what every other normal being did. Because I think what the Saints want here is the Saints want closure. Like, the NFL hasn't really given them closure. They've just been like, eh, eh, could could have been a foul. And, I mean, especially because – there was no flag, but yet there was a fine for the hit. But what what's the closure? That I think it's the like, Saints fans just want to hear from the NFL. Yeah, it was a blown call because they still okay. I, they still haven't heard that. But again, I'm still in the camp that you shouldn't be throwing the ball in that situation. I'm still in that camp. No, that's that's. I mean, yeah, I mean that's my my thing is like, what's closure mean? It's like. The NBA does this. The NHL does this. The NFL does this. They'll come out on a Monday and they'll say, yeah, we blew a call yesterday. It doesn't change the fact your team's not in the Super Bowl. So, like, just talking, it's like talking about a bad thing. It's like, God, like, I wish, like, like, like your dog dies and you just keep talking about it and you're pissed off at the vet. Cause, and, like, yeah, maybe the vet did, but, like, your dog's dead. Like, I'm sorry. It's terrible. <laughs> it's not going to change anything. Right. Like, what are they going to, like, are they going to, especially at this point, like, like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Even if they made a rule, what, are they going to replay the thing? I mean, I know they can do that with baseball because it's so stop and go, and you don't have to worry. But, like, guys have to get up for a football game. They can't get up for two, two and a half minutes, you know? It's not the same. And, and that's I, that's my thing. I really hope it doesn't come down to uh, a coach's challenge for a pass interference point. I think that would be the most ridiculous thing. Like I said last week, it would slow down the game. And especially considering what baseball is going through, everyone's complaining that there are too many challenges in baseball. There would be too many challenges in football now because everything would be everything would be challenged. Every, every 10 plays, there would be a potential challenge for a face mask, a potential challenge for a pass interference. So if that's the result that these fans want – then I, I am 100% not for it. Yeah, because it's what? like with the MLB, is every single time there's like a close call at first base, they, it's a challenge. Like, what are you going to do the same thing? I think, you know, I've talked about this a little before, is you can argue that there's holding on every single play in the NFL. So, like, are you going to challenge every time there's a play and say, oh, look, he was holding? Because you could technically make the challenge. It's just a matter of if the refs catch the holding. Right, and I guess you can look at the N- the NHL. Like the NHL, like has a nice balance. I think you you could technically look at a lot of penalties and say, oh, that could be this, that could be that. But I don't think it's ever going to get to that because a penalty doesn't necessarily affect the game, and it's not necessarily the same way in the in football. But to to a larger degree, what I want to say is, I think we should be able to review everything. But it should be done at like at a competent level. I don't th- like. I just think the NFL is just so incompetent in everything they do. Like, 
they need someone at the league, especially for these big games. Like I get if it, there's 16 games going on, but if there's one game going on, how do they not have a league office like the NHL does in Toronto or the NBA does in uh, Newark? Like they have, so, they have a team of people looking at it and, and these are all, they do it for every game, but they have people and, the, and then they phone up to them and these people look at it. I don't understand why they don't do it. Yeah. I honestly, I, I'd be, I'm a fan of just like, just let, let the, let the game go on. Cause I just don't want too much stop and go to keep happening. Like, I, I agree. Like I would agree. That's what it should be. be like a going, well, I mean, NFL work or something. Am I wrong about that? What's that? Like for, for reviews. When like the ref goes to the little, like, yeah, 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 they have they have a headquarters, but the the call is made by the uh, by the by the ref on the on the field. What I'm saying is, like the NHL, the NHL can go back. Like the people in Newark, if they see it's something that was a goal, or they see something that might have been offside, or you know what I mean, like they will go back and replay the game like a few minutes and it's like everyone freaks out like oh we're gonna go back and replay the states game like well no you're not gonna do it now but if 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 they played it down right like if they played it down and the nfl came in and and, and the rams picked it off and ran it back you know what i mean if the nfl came in and said up on that last play there was a blatant blatant miss we need to go back and replay it that touchdown by the rams doesn't count no one would have a problem with it because those them's the rules. Yeah. No. Both. Yeah. I just still believe they should have been running the ball. I, I'm no, but, still in yeah. the camp of like, yo, dude, like, make better play calls. You know, like it's, yeah. it's kind of I mean, like the same thing with Marshawn Lynch on the one yard line in the Super Bowl. But I mean, Joe, you've been really hitting on it, like you know, and Ricky, you as well, about how it's like, yo, the pass is the pass, whatever. We're at the Super Bowl now. It's Rams and Patriots. So let's jump into a position-by-position review of what, um, who we think the advantages and disadvantages are going to be um, before we make our predictions. I mean, do we really have to spend all that time going through who we think the better quarterback is and the, who the more experienced quarterback is? No, Jared, <laughs> yeah. All right, next. <laughs> yeah. Although although there was a backup quarterback that beat Brady in the Super Bowl last year, but I'm still not – even though I still believe, and I know, Rick, you've disagreed with me on this multiple times on this podcast as I see you taking off your headphones because you're tired of listening to me about it, um, that Nick Foles outdueled Tom Brady in a Super Bowl. Dick, dick, dick. Um, I think that Tom Brady – has to get the advantage over Jared Goff. So let's go to the running game. The running game is what a lot of people are talking about here. Um, obviously, Todd Gurley hasn't been himself lately. Um, he was emotional after the game, talking about how he was um, shit. His performance was unacceptable in the NFC Championship game. He deserved to be benched. But, I mean, you have C.J. Anderson, who already has won a Super Bowl. He won Super Bowl 50 with the Denver Broncos coming off the bench. You, It's not a bad running back option to have coming off the side, but you have the Patriots are infamous for their screen game. They still got James White, and they still got Rex Burkhead. Who are you guys going to give the position advantage to there for running back? The 
Patriots or the Rams? Uh. For me, I'm actually going to give it to the Patriots because uh, you completely forgot you completely forgot to even mention Sonny Michel. And Correct. He, he looks very dominant in his rookie year. And then plus they have James White and Rex Burkhead. All three of those are good. Like, like you said, just pass options out of the backfield, little screens to them. All of them are very good. Uh, but the only reason why I'd say this is I'm not too confident right now in Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley, I mean, he's shown the past few weeks that he is not 100% healthy. Now, you'd hope that he'd be 100% healthy for this game because it's had a little time for a break. Plus, they also have the freshest running back right now in the game, which is C.J. Anderson, who ha- played four games in the regular season, maybe five, I think. Yeah, so, maybe five. So... I mean, that's that's definitely a great second option right there, and he's definitely proven to be kind of a secret weapon, but I just think the versatility and the rotation of the Patriots' running backs is a lot better at this point. Glee, who are you giving it to? Oh, the run game? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you guys already hit it on it. I mean, it would. I think it would be the Rams if... Gurley was 100%, but I think I just, the way the Patriots line's playing, you just have to give it to the Pats. So before we get there um, to the O-line, which I think is going to be a good discussion, um, Rick and Gleason, uh, same thing, I'll ask you the same question. Besides, with the, we're going to move on to the wide receivers. Obviously, New England, they got Edelman back, looks like a freaking caveman. Um, and let's, get, let's include wide receivers and tight ends. You got Gronk. You're not, no one can cover Gronk. I mean, there, there. I, I still distinctly remember uh, Super Bowl Fifty Two that one driver Brady threw every pass to Gronk, and Merrill Reese for the radio announcer for the Eagles put it perfectly. Brady could have said, "I'm throwing to Gronk, stop me," and you couldn't. Um, where the Rams, even though I feel like their tight end game isn't that strong, you got Brandon Cooks. You've got uh, so many different options. For the Rams at wide receiver, you got Robert Woods. Who are you gonna give the wide receiver option to? Glee, let's go to you first. Who are you gonna pick there? And we're including tight ends in this discussion. Correct. I mean, you have to go again. It's it's just you have to go to the Patriots. I mean, like Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods, I think are are better true wide receivers. But in terms of what the Patriots have, their receivers do. There, and again, and a lot of what the Rams are able to do on offense is done through scheming by Sean McVay. So I think, again, from the skill set position, it's the Rams. Or I'm sorry, it's the Patriots. What about you, Rick? What do you think? Uh, I I would have to agree. I mean, wide receiver wise, it's definitely the Patriots, and exactly what Joe Gleason said. Uh, it's definitely it comes from the schemes. From McVeigh, but I mean, it's it's definitely more interesting to watch the schemes of McVeigh and to see how he uses his receivers, because they'll they'll be in they'll be in all sorts of different positions at all different times. They'll be running the ball, they'll be passing the ball, and so they they're more exciting. But for overall skill set, Patriots. All right, and then. Let's jump into O-line before we wrap up the offense. Um, obviously, the big factor going into this game, um, Brady has yet to be sacked. 
Um, Rick, who are you giving the O-line advantage to? Honestly, I, I think this is the most even on on the uh, between the two offenses. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go Rams just for the sole fact that they they have to like like with Sean McVay's schemes, they have to learn all these different things and they seem to be like a lot better blockers than the Patriots. Now I, I shouldn't say a lot better, a little bit better than the Patriots. The Patriots offensive line has definitely been the most dominant. But also, going back to what you just said there, uh, the reason why Tom Brady has not been sacked a lot is because he has one of the quickest releases of any of any uh, QB. But also, they do a lot of those screen passes. They do a lot of those short little passes. So he, he is able to get him out. They're, they, have probably, they have the toughest battle coming up against them. They have... Donald and Sue on the opposite end. Uh, I don't I don't think the Patriots defense is as scary as the Rams defense. So the Patriots have a lot more that they have to handle than the than the Rams do. So I'm going with the Rams just for the sole fact of that. And something I was about to add in before Joe, I ask you who you think you give the O line advantage to is like do the Chargers and the Chiefs when do we really talk about their pass rush like being scary versus Donald Sue? Right? Like, can we argue that the Patriots have actually seen like a formidable pass rush yet? Uh, more so the Chargers. Absolutely. More so the Chargers than the Chiefs. No, the Chief the Chiefs the Chiefs had the most sacks in the league, I think. Like Justin Justin Houston is an animal. Mm-hmm. Even more so than the Rams. So so, so, Glee, who would you go? Offensive line, who are you giving it to? Uh, Well, I, the best offensive lineman is on the Rams in Andrew Whitworth. Um, I think, again, just and, – and it goes back to the fact that in every – the past few Super Bowls, the two teams – well, the, the teams from each conference that had the most games played together as a unit, as an offensive line unit, was the teams that went to the Super Bowl because it's the most important unit in football. And so the Patriots, they they got that, you know, it's been it's been beaten to a drum. They got their offensive line coach back who retired after the Super Bowl loss a few years ago and they've they're just clicking. And so they're clearly the better unit even though the Rams have by the best tackle in football. All right. So, offense I think other than the offensive line we're going to give it to the Patriots, even though we think the offensive line is uh, going to go to the Rams. What about the defensive line? Is this really a question? I feel like with um, the quarterback, you know, not knocking Jared Goff. I think he's good, but you're going against Brady. Can, can we have the same discussion about the D-line, the Patriots D-line versus the Rams D-line? Um, Rick, what do you think? Uh, I, I think the Rams D-line has been – probably the most dominant of this whole playoff series. Uh, so I'm, de- I'm just going straight with the, the Rams defense, the, the Rams defensive line. I, I think they're just a lot better. Um, they have some of the highest paid players in the league on that line. So Rams D line. Lee, what about you? The, the advantage to what, just the D line? And... Yeah, just yeah. the D line. I mean, it's it goes. Yeah, the Rams are clearly better. 
clearly. What about linebackers, Glee? Let's start with you. Linebackers, you're going with the Rams or the Patriots? Mm, I think it's a push. I don't, to be honest with you, I don't know too much about either unit, but um, I, I mean, I think it's a push because neither team has tower. He looked slow last week, let me tell you, for, for the Patriots. And I don't really know anyone standing out. Do they have Monte Teo? I feel like the Rams scooped him up. No. Okay. May, yeah. May, okay, yeah the, more to my point, I don't know who – like, they don't stand out to me. They those defenses are both built on the yeah. lines and the secondary. You were correct. Monte Teo is on the Saints. Okay. Yeah. Well, Rick, what about you with linebackers? Thanks. Um. It's yeah, I, I agree. It's close to a push, but just because they have the the D line right in front of them, I'm going. I'm going to the uh, giving it to the Rams, but just by the skin of my teeth. Now, what about the corners? You're going to go with the Rams or the Patriots, Rick? Rams or the Patriots? Now the Rams secondary healthy, and they got they got a keep to leave on there. I'm going with I'm going with the Rams. Because Akeem Tlaib has been one of the best shutdown, shutdown secondary men of the entire league this year when he's healthy. What about you, Gleegly? I'm sorry. I saw a really funny. <laughs> saw a really funny Super Bowl prop. Wait, what was it? No, I, no, no we'll save, save it. it. We'll, we'll save, save it. it. Yeah, yeah I'm uh, sorry. Corners, so I missed, you're talking get, about. Yeah, yeah. yeah corners, I, no, I'm sorry. I, yeah, I I meant to ask. Are you guys doing corners and safeties together? Like Correct. secondary. I, I did. I did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wanted Rams just because I want to believe the only way to stop Brady, it's been discussed. You got to get to him with four. But getting to him with four doesn't mean anything if your corners can't cover. And I think Tlaib and Peters. Now, Peters is susceptible to the double move, so we'll see how that goes. But I think I'm, I, would, I would rather have the Rams secondary. So before we go into our prediction of who's going to win, kicker, Zerline or Gostowski? Rick, who are you going with? Uh, Gostowski. Nah, Big Z. All right, debate it. Why? Go. Because he's big down there. Oh wait, I, I'm an I'm an idiot. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I don't know what that. I don't know why I said Gostowski. Yeah, yeah Zerline. Hundred percent Zerline. I mean, Zerline did have that big kick and. Goskowski did leave four points off the board last year in the Super Bowl. I mean, granted, the one field goal was not his fault. That was all in the long snapper. But, um, yeah, I would go Zerline there. Um, just to give you my run through, I do think quarterbacks, I got to go with the Patriots. Running backs, I go with the Patriots. Wide receivers, I'm actually going to go with the Rams because I think Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks are a lethal combo. But then defense across the board, I got to go with the Rams. Um, as well as uh, kicker as well. Yeah, defense across the across the entire board. I go that Rams defense. Um, but for me, only quarterback and wide receiver. I'd probably go with New England. I think that Rams wide receiver core um, is very dangerous. I think it's just is Goff going to be able to get them the ball. It's going to come down to the schemes. Um, but I do think Sean McVay, even though he will have a challenge, he is going against Belichick, who is phenomenal at his adjustments. I do think that Sean McVay is going to find a way around it. Um, so, let's go into predictions. I will personally go with the Rams. I think the Rams are going to win a high – I think it's going to be like last year's Super Bowl. I think it's going to be high scoring. I'm going to go Rams 
Rick, what do you think? Uh, I don't think it's going to be as high scoring, but I am going to go with Rams as well. Uh, but it's going to be real close. It's going to be 28-27 Rams. Glee, what Glee? about you? Uh, I'm going to go Patriots 31-28. Oof. Interesting from the Jets fan. <laughs> I know you're probably yeah. rooting for the Rams, but, I mean, of again, course. Brady I would love is to be wrong. the GOAT, you know. I'd love to be wrong. <laughs> I, I, I still remember going to that one Jets-Patriots game, um, and I remember seeing you in the parking lot, and you said, this is the day I watched Tom Brady blow a football game, and he had two game-winning drives late in the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I, I, I'm not surprised that you don't. Um, so, not um, kidding. I don't remember that. Yeah, I know. Um, so, boys, how about we wrap it up with some of our um, prop bets? Um, I know we have a bunch of them prepared, and a huge part of the Super Bowl is always about the prop bets. What color is the Gatorade going to be? Is it going to be heads or tails? How long is the national anthem going to be? Um, so, Goose, this is a little bit going back towards you. Um, what are some of your prop bets you're going with? Okay, well, gentlemen, there's some funny ones, there's some legit ones, and then there's just some you shut your eyes and you hope your your throw hits the board. <laughs> so I like um, – I guess we'll just scroll through them. So Patriots – so the fourth down conversion, it's minus 300 if there will, that there will be one. And I think that it's a, it's a certainty there's going to be a fourth down conversion. Definitely. I would definitely agree with that. So, so that's why it's at minus 300. Now, the Patriots, you can get them at minus 150. So that, that's, that's, that's pretty good. So you put up $3 or you, you put up a dollar or you put up a dollar 50, you get a dollar back. Rick, what you have to add in about that? Well, I actually found one. It was just Rams specific. Uh, I got Rams minus 110. Uh, actually, it's, it's even. Minus, one, uh, minus 110, yes, they will convert one. Or no, minus 110, they will yeah, convert one. I don't know if it's the app that I'm using, and I'm hoping I'm not going to disclose because I'm waiting for a sponsorship from a sports book. But the app I'm using, the current line is minus 150. Okay. All right. Yeah, so I'm – For I'm, a yes. For a yes for the Rams. And then, and then no is – a no moved up to plus 120 because I think a lot of people are starting to lay thinking that thinking what I'm thinking instead of getting minus 300 on one team on both teams on either team hitting it you just lay the Patriots that Tom's going to lean forward like a puss and get that a half a yard once anything else for that one I got I got a few more well I I actually got one I want to propose up there sure sure yeah we can go yeah we'll go around the horn yeah, so I, I got this one. It's uh, so jersey number of touchdown score. I, I found this one interesting. So for the first touchdown, they're, they're both for the first and the last touchdown. Uh, over the number 26.5 at minus 134 or under the number 26.5, which is at plus 100. Wow. So there, there's one for both the first touchdown for between both games and the last or not games both teams and the la- and the last touchdown number for the, both teams because I feel see, like well, there's a lot of like low numbered playmakers for both teams. 
No, I disagree. I think for both of these teams, it's the opposite. Like, you don't have a receiver like Jeffrey. Well, I don't know. I don't know what the Rams are. But I just love the weirder the weirder the bet, the more it tickles me. I love All right, it. so here's mine. We're gonna no, 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 I'm just hole. trying to think. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to think. Who are the – because this, this one tickled no, – stick on this for a sec. I'm trying to think of the lower – and this is for any team, Paul? Yeah, so like Edelman's 11, uh, Brady Cook. is 12. Cooks uh, is – yeah. Cooks is low. Uh, okay. Woods is like 17. Yeah, Robert Woods is 17. That's what White, White's, White's 26. White's 26. White is 26. So that would be in the under, which he is definitely there. He's definitely That's interesting. Burkhead's 34. Gronk's 87. Gurley's 30. Oh, you're right. You're right. I think it is a lot of young guys. Okay. I think it is the under. Yeah, I think I would go with the under, too. I would be a little worried, though. I think I would rather go for the under. For the for the last touchdown, and I'll go with the over for the first touchdown. That, I would see a running back like maybe Gurley jump in there and score a touchdown r- real early. I don't know. That that's what I would go with. I'd make part. I'd make parlay that. Wait, so here's play. the prop bet I'm looking at. Who's gonna have more points on the day? Both teams combined. Or James Harden. Ooh, well, I'm I'm predicting about a fifty-two, no, fifty-five points. Who's Harden playing? He's playing tomorrow. No, who- this is this is for the February second game, right? Correct. Who they play? I'm looking right now. The Rockets will play the Nuggets. Yeah, he's going to – yeah, I would take the over on Harden. Oh, no, he's co- going to score. Cor- uh, correction, correction. They play the Nuggets tonight. They play the Jazz on Saturday. And the Jazz play some – I think the Jazz play good defense. I'd have to check that. But, yeah, the Nuggets – I don't know. I, I would still say it's basically if – give me. I'm still gonna take their um, the both teams combined because Chris Paul's back, and I do think that this is gonna be a high-scoring game. When did when does he come back? Chris Paul's back now. Like he's already been back. Interesting. So that, that that's a bet I'm looking at. Um, when did he come back? Like the other night. Huh. But dude, the the James Harden is a man on fire. We've talked about that before. Um, I'm always intrigued by the national anthem length. You can always tell it's gonna be long and it's gonna be the over if it's oh say, but if it's like a oh say, you know, it's gonna be nice and quick. Um, Joe, did you happen to find that? What's the over under on the national anthem? One forty five. 145. I believe. I would take the over. It's Gallus Knight. Gallus Knight is singing the national anthem, and she's a soul girl. Obviously, the queen of soul. Over. Over. It's Gladys Knight. Did I say it wrong? Shit. She's a legend. How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Right? So, um... Last year, it's funny it moved this much because last year was Aretha Franklin, and I slammed the over regardless of what the number was, and it was 213. So it's gone down 30 seconds. 
because Aretha just, you know, belting notes out. I probably am not going to touch this bet. I, I don't like touching this bet, but if I would, I would probably go the over. I, I'm feeling the over on that one, too. And I, I'm always a big fan of the bet. Um, What color is going to be the Gatorade dumped on the winning coach last year? It was yellow on Dougie P. So yeah, I do st- enjoy that. That's the stupidest bet anyone can ever do. No one should ever bet that. What about well, the heads or tails? Now, it's fun. It's funny because the cooler bet is controlled. And shout out to Bar, uh, Barstool Big Cat. They know that if you look at what the teams use every week, they use the same color. And so the Rams use clear. So clear is actually the favorite, and it's at uh, plus 100. So yeah, I'd like to take a look at each of these bets. I think I think the clear at plus one hundred is a funny bet because if you know that one team has it, the pay, and I think each cooler is different. That's another funny troll about it. Again, I, I stay clear of any of the troll bets. Um, I usually do bet the anthem over, just like again, Bar, shout out Barstool Big Cat. Um, the over is much more fun. So if you're rooting for a national anthem to end, you're just not American. So if you take the over, you're just rooting for more patriotism, and I'm all about that. America. Uh, I found this one, and this is this is the, probably the one of the more unique ones. It's actually three different bets. They're doing retirement bets this year. Especially after the uh, the comments that Gronk made about the abuse that football players take this week. So there's three of them. One's on Belichick, one's on Brady, and one's on Gronk. Belichick is at plus 250, yes, he will, and minus 10,000, no, he will not. And then I I would, I mean, it'd be kind of stupid. You're only get, If you bet a dollar, you're getting a penny on that bet, so there's not even a point for that. <coughs> Bless. Yeah, safe at the plate. Uh, next, we got Brady, who's at plus 1,600, yes, and no, at minus 5,000. I mean, that you're not getting a lot with that, but Brady said this week there's a 0% chance of him retiring. So if you just want a few extra pennies in your account, you'd bet the no there. And then Gronk, Gronk is probably the most interesting. He's at yes, plus 390, and at no, minus Three, I'm minus eight hundred thirty-five. That's interesting because I feel like if they win, this is it for him. Like, uh, I really think that. Yeah, it's there's more there's more rumors that he wants to get into acting more and things like that. So this one, this would be the only one that I would actually bet yes on, just because it this is the most probable to happen. And if you watch Gronk this this season, he is not the same Gronk as yesteryear. No, not at all. He's been beaten up a lot. But Glee, you got any more on that pop head or on? Just in any, give us one more, Glee. Oh yeah, I got a ton. Oh, just one more. Yeah, give us give us one more. What you got? One more. Well, I guess I'll break it down on the. the different MVPs, right? So Brady is favored. Now, you can get Brady at plus 115, or you can take anyone else at minus 155. So I like the minus 155, just so you cover your bases if the Rams win. 
or if for some reason the, you know the Patriots just run the ball very well and they give it to someone else. What do you guys think there? I mean, I would, yeah, I would definitely say Brady's the favorite. I I have one other funny one. The the line on rushers was four and a half for both teams, a.k.a. will four guys or less or five guys or more run the ball? Hmm. And I like, I like the under on the Rams. I think only Gurley, Anderson, and maybe – like well, you got to consider the run the quarterbacks. So that's three, and then maybe they have another receiver with a fourth. I like the Patriots at over four and a half because you have White, Michelle, and Burkhead all getting one, and Brady will count for rushing. Right. So then you have to figure if there's another sweep to Edelman or uh, Cordell Patterson. So that's another funny one. So under four and a half Rams, over four and a half Patriots. I would actually, I would actually go over for the Rams, just because they run the jet sweep so much. Yeah, I was gonna agree with you there, Rick. I would take the over too. Yeah, yeah, I just don't know if it'll be more than they might run it a lot, but then I think I feel like they don't run it with multiple people. They might because it's you know last game of the season. Brad can't hold anything back. Yeah, yeah. you saw the Philly Philly last year. We all saw that. <laughs> all right, boys. So. Um, that was pretty much our Super Bowl preview. Before we wrap up, let's get into this week's final drive. And boys, I will kick that off this week. Um, end of an era. Lindsey Vaughn will retire from skiing after the World Championships. Sad to see. She said her body is broken beyond repair. Yeah, she she has some ridiculous injuries. Uh, speaking of retirements, also uh, Julius Peppers announced his retirement this today. So two amazing athletes right there, both in their respective sports, both retired today, which is pretty historic. I'm going to jump into the next one. I'm going to do the MLB hot stove. Bryce Harper met with the Padres. What are are your betting odds on that, Gleason, that that Bryce Harper is going to be a Padre? Uh, I mean, I I wouldn't establish the line. It ha- it would have to be a you know ten to one. I wonder what it is. I I wonder what that is too. But do you think Bryce Harper would become a Padre? I think I think at the end of the day, it's these two different agents. Um, they both promised that they would have paid their client the most, and so they don't want to be the first to sign. And so what happened? They're at a stage now where if if a team like the Padres did come out and give them a ridiculous offer, I think they might sign it just so that they are the highest paid. But I think it just comes down to the three or four teams that it's been talked about. I think the Yankees are out, but I think it was at the Phillies and the White Sox are still in. Yes, they still are. So we'll see. But I, I no to answer your question. And if he went there, that would be something to leave a semi dysfunctional organization like the Nationals for a fully dysfunctional organization like the Padres. How about this one? Um, Qatar wins the Asia Cup over Japan 3-1 because, of course, because, I mean, come on, Qatar only was infamous for paying off FIFA to get the World Cup in 2022, so it's only fitting Qatar is going to win a international tournament sponsored by FIFA. Yeah. I, I mean, are you are you alluding that there's a little bit of collusion there? Oh, 100%. Yeah, there could be. 
Well, they get a don't they? If they're a host country. They get an automatic free spot, right? They do get a free spot, but winning a international tournament like that is definitely going to give Qatar a little boost as far as like viewership and everything and attendance at games. So definitely not surprised there at all. And um, also, um, soccer. U.S. Soccer defeated Panama three nothing in Greg Berhalter's first game in charge in front of 6,000 people because the tickets were ridiculous to watch a game full of basically our academy, kids, and Michael Bradley. Although it did look like the USA had an identity, which is good to see. Yeah, I, I didn't watch the game, but it's always nice to see USA come up on top. Always. Uh, next, kind of uh, a little sad news. Preds, Austin Watson, suspended by the NHL for alcohol abuse-related issues. And I pray it's only a, a small-time thing, not a big-time thing. I hope he's able to get his issues in hand because that could be some rough rough stuff right there. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then last thing sports-related, uh, McGregor and Khabib both hit with fine suspensions from UFC. Not a surprise there. That was a long time coming. Yeah, but I was not expecting Khabib to get such a huge fine. Dude, he got slapped with fines in the suspension. Slapped with it. Yeah, like fifty thousand. Jesus Christ, I can't imagine looking at that money. <laughs> and to wrap it up this week, because it's not sports related, but we're all from New Jersey. You guys see that video on Barstool of the guy from New Jersey, like was in a Chipotle or something. He was getting a drink. He threw ice on the ground, walked away, looked around to see if anyone was watching, and then proceeded to quote unquote trip over the ice and fake an injury to win a lawsuit and he was arrested for faking an injury to try and win money in court. Yeah, fuck that guy. New Jersey, am I right? Sounds like What was that? I said it sounds like a Florida story. Yeah, that all sounds that all does sound like a Florida story. But yeah, I feel like us in Florida are definitely where a lot of this weird shit happens. But that's it for us this week. Feds, why don't you close this out? Um, again, you can listen to us, the Wide Open Sportscast, the almost world-famous Wide Open Sportscast. You can find us at Twitter on Wide Open underscore sports. And also, don't forget to follow us on SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, and tune in all those different platforms. You can check out the show with our new segment. Everyone give it up for the goose, Joe Glason, and his first show. Welcome aboard, dude. Anyway, after I'm a year and a half of expanding the family, here we finally are with the third member of the Wide Open Sportscast family. Great to have you on board, Gleegly. You got any sign-off words? Go get them, boys. Play the underdogs, lay them. Beautiful. I'm Rick. I'm Feds. Goose. Have a great night, everybody. Go Rams! <laughs>